0: Are you looking for hope? Then you're in the right place. If you're not, well, you're still in the right place, because we all need hope. Welcome to the Shine and Delight podcast. We hope to navigate life's storms together as we encourage and build up one another to find true saving hope and the only one that can truly satisfy. We can't fix your problems, but we'll definitely point you towards someone who will. Come along.
1: Beautiful people. It's another lovely day in D Town.
2: For the first time, it's not raining when we recorded for one of these boys. things. Yeah, <laughs> and Andrew, Andrew's not around, unfortunately. Andrew's not around, but we more than made up for his absence because we got a special. Can I introduce our special guest? Absolutely. Yeah. So go for it. this is Tess Patterson. Tess Hello. She Patterson. is the she is the team lead for Team Next Steps at the porch where we all wow. serve from Woo. the University of Nebraska. Let's go, a Huskers! Celebrity. The <laughs> legend from Lincoln is Great. in the studio
1: today. Hello. We have a celebrity.
3: Hi. Thank
1: you, Tess. You know. Do you
3: mind you know.
1: introducing yourself? Tell us something uninteresting and something interesting about you.
3: <laughs> um, I guess uninteresting fact would be I'm from Dallas originally. Um, interesting Boring. fact. Sorry. <laughs> interesting fact would be, um, so I have got to spend the entirety of like a year in France. Um, While I was in college, because my parents uh, relocated there when I was a freshman.
1: You speak French?
3: Um, I learned it in high school. Really? Yeah. Are you fluent? No. (laughs) something in French. Uh, Bonjour? I can say, like, je suis Tess. I'm Mm (laughs) Tess. There we go. Or Uh, I can say, I can eat. Je (laughs) m'appelle... Yes. No, wait, that's, that's I am, isn't it? I yeah. made a mistake. No, you're good, you're good, you're good. No, I bad. lied.
2: <laughs> All right, Rose, so what's our icebreaker today? If you could go in a time machine and witness one biblical event with your own eyes, what would it be? Ooh.
3: Um, I chose Moses and parting the Red Sea. I think that that would just be, man, an incredible act of faith um, to witness and be a part of. And to walk through. And to walk through.
1: Wow.
2: I kind of feel bad, someone who is just fishing on the Red Sea. Like he's just minding his own business. <laughs> he, had, his boat. he had nothing to do with <laughs> oh, it. He had nothing to do with the situation. And all of a sudden, you know, the whole, the yeah. tide just rises. Yeah. That, You know, yeah. okay, I must have had a tough day. Um, I would say the sermon where Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes, because all four gospels tell the story of him multiplying the loaves and the fishes. Yeah. And they say that there was a big crowd, but none of the four gospels ever mention what Jesus was talking about. They only talk about the food. And so I would want to see what he actually talked about true wow, yeah assuming i could understand him because he spoke aramaic yeah and you know not english which is a dead language there's one village in syria that still speaks aramaic but for the most part it's a dead language well so translators
1: of the bible they have to learn that language for, they had to right
2: well i mean the, the new testament manuscripts were written in greek so the earliest copies yeah. of the new testament were written in greek okay and so they don't when people translate the bible they're not translating it from aramaic they're translating it from greek so yeah. i mean test correct me if i'm wrong but i think the the chain the way it worked is so Jesus spoke in Aramaic and then all of his disciples were, all these stories in the Gospels all took place in Aramaic. Mm-hmm. And then the letters that Paul's writing, he's writing them in different pl- churches all over the Roman Empire. So presumably several different languages they're speaking. Right. And so Paul's writing letters, in, which is two-thirds of the New Testament are Paul's letters, and they're written yeah. in all these different languages. And then all of those stories are written in Greek manuscripts. Yeah. And then the Greek manuscripts are what have been translated into our Bibles over and over and over. Truth, yeah, yeah. and Jesus was a Jew, right? Yeah, he was yes. a Jewish. ethnically Jewish. Yeah. So is is uh, is 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 that the language spoken by the Jews or no Aramaic? Yeah, no, they spoke Hebrew. Aramaic. I don't know where the Aramaic came from.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure either, because I know that like, m- I mean, backstory: sister went to seminary, um, and so like she had to learn Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, like throughout school, and oh, wow. That's because that's the languages that were used back in the day. Thing. Oh wow. Yeah. Cool.
1: I mean for me it's gonna be um if I was you know, back to your question, if I was to witness any event that that's captured in the Bible, it has to be Jesus turning water into wine.
3: It's a fascinating i'm just like can we just give a shout out to the chosen and like how they depict these things because man that story came to life to me when it was in that really oh yeah oh yeah i like saw it clearly and then i read through it because i was walking through discipleship with like a girl um and we were talking about it and i was just like whoa i see things so different now
1: do you mind telling us more about The Chosen? What's that?
3: Oh, The Chosen is a series. Um, it's actually, I think it's um, paid for by, um, I don't even know exactly who's exactly paying for it. But it's basically just like a way of depicting the Bible. Um, it's all free online um, if you go on the thechosen.tv. Um, but basically it just like is walking through the Bible and literally is giving like the very like real tangible um, lived out scripture. Because uh-huh. I think I know for me, it's like sometimes I can look at scripture and I can be like, oh, wow, this is um, like this seems like it was just this event and this event happened. But they put it together in the series of like this was just like part of life. Like these words that Jesus was saying was like just a part of like conversation that was like a greater context was around. So I think it's just like it gives us a real depiction of like Jesus was a man who actually lived on this earth. It's not just like he said these great things like every once in a while. It was like he lived just like we live. Um, So, yeah, great series.
2: Has it made the gospel more personal to you? Yeah,
3: yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely made it feel more tangible. Um, And yeah, I think I'm just seeing it very differently now.
1: (laughs) And it's funny that you're talking about Jesus turning water into wine. That was the first miracle, at least Mm -hmm. from what we have recorded. Mary, who was the mother of Jesus, had him do that. And so for a moment, we just want to talk about, uh, Rob. you know, you'll have an opportunity to talk about your mom today. (laughs) We
2: we did not plan that segue. That just happened. It
3: was was organic. (laughs) It just happened. I just saw Neville just doing it and I was like, great.
2: So so the reason why Neville made that comment is because in the last several episodes, I just, for some reason, I just keep talking about my dad in several episodes. So my mom, I feel bad because I'm leaving my yeah. mom out because my mom's equally mom. amazing. You know, equally amazing. love mom. My mom, you know, great. She's a very godly woman and, you know, she's, she's been amazing. And I, I cannot imagine what my life would look like if I did not have Jay Stipe as my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, she's, she's kind of like a living legend in our hometown. Everyone knows me as Jay's boy. You know, I will always be Jay's son. Oh,
3: I love that. Yeah, it's great.
2: <laughs> and um, But anyway, so what's funny about that story of Jesus turning water into wine is, so this past December, I was giving a talk to a, a group in town of, I think it was, it was Catholic business owners, is that was the name, that was the group. Mm-hmm. I was giving a talk to them, and I was talking about faithfulness, and I was talking about how to be faithful in times of financial distress, because they were all business owners, and we were coming out of a COVID-related recession. So I was like, here's what the Bible says about financial distress. So we talked about Job, who went bankrupt. We talked about the widow with two coins, who gave those two coins to the temple treasury, who was, she was broke. And then we talked about the book of Philemon, which is about a basically a guy and in bankruptcy yeah. who goes to jail because of that. And so that was the whole point of talk. And then I had no plan of talking about myself during that. I didn't want to. Um, and then during the Q and a period. So there's, there's a painting on the wall in that room. It was a Catholic. It was at a Catholic school. There's a painting on the wall of this miracle of Jesus turning water into wine. And the verse is where Mary's talking to the, to the waiters at the wedding and said, do whatever he said. I wish I knew the, the exact quote, but it's basically, you know, Jesus, Jesus, you know, you need to turn water into wine here. You need to supply the open bar at this wedding. And then she turned to the waiters and said, do whatever he tells you to. And my mom, it's just so funny because during the Q&A period, my mom said, you need, she screamed it out like in the middle of the Q&A. She goes, you need to tell your story. You need to tell your story because that's what people are going to resonate with. And so she yes. screams that out in the middle of the Q&A period. And I was like, well, you know, mom, it's kind of ironic because there's, there's a verse on the wall right there about doing what your mom says. And, mm. you know, the Catholic crowd, they loved that. They thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, that, that, you know, my mom, she's, she's always believed in me Even when I didn't believe in myself. I think that
3: moms are great for
2: that. Moms are awesome. Know, right? And <laughs> yeah. you know, what I, one thing I said about my dad a couple of weeks ago is that I've come to understand God's character by observing my dad's character and the way that my dad loves my sister and I, and also yeah. how he loves my mom. And the same is true for my mom. I've come to understand God's character by the unconditional love that yes. she shows to my sister and I. And you know, no matter how many times. My sister and I act like jerks. My mom's always there. So if your mom was listening to this thing, this thing, whatever it is you're doing here, what would you <laughs> want her to know? What, what, would I, what would I want my mom to know? Yeah, um, That she set me up in ways that is very rare. She loved me as her son in ways that are very rare that yeah. not a lot of people get to experience. Um, she helped me understand the character of God. Yeah. I think that I'm a Christian because of my mother. Um, I think she's an incredibly significant factor in that. Um, She has helped me kind of, I'm not in full-time ministry. I don't work for a church, but I think, you know, we're all called to ministry at some point in our jobs and our daily life. And I think that as I kind of do my own little ministry here, my mom has supported me all the way through that. She is a living embodiment of the gospel, I believe. And, um, you know, she is a blessing not only to my sister and I, not only to my dad, but to the people that know her, to people that work with her, people in Lafayette. That all know jay stipe she's a blessing to them um yeah and she you know she has made her mark on that community not because she's i mean she's a rock star to me but not because she's a rock star just because she's been faithful with the gifts that god has given her yeah. she's made a positive impact on all the people in her life for sure so, well, yeah. that's incredible what about yeah. you tess what do you <laughs>
3: want to know about my mom everything oh man okay well very similar to Roe. um my mom <laughs> is the most incredible woman of faith I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and very similar to Ro, like, I don't think that I would have the faith in God that I do now if it wasn't for the foundation that she set up at a very young age for me. Um, my mom just embodies just such incredibly Christ-like characteristics. Um, and she's taught me what it looks like to love like Jesus loves. And she's taught me, um, She's taught me what it's like to, yeah, love unconditionally and um, be a listening ear. And to she's taught me what it's like to fail but not give up um, and like to encourage and love and provide hope um, through hard times. Um, And inevitably, like in some of the like hardest times of my life when things of this earth seem to be like over taking my mind. she's the one to remind me of truth. Um, and she's the one to first and foremost, just Holy spirit has her heart and she will literally yeah. just like spit fire truth at you, Aww. um, when you need it. And, um, she has made me the woman of God that I am now. Um, and I live to this day telling her, Hey, you know, if I can be half the woman of faith that, um, you are when I'm your age, then I'm going to consider myself lucky. And, um, I honestly think that she impacts so many more people than she ever really realizes. And all she does is she just meets them <laughs> with kindness and meets them with compassion and meets them with love. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that anyone she crosses paths with um, sees the joy of the Lord in her heart. Wow. Um, and and they feel that. And um, she's just a light to so many people. So, yeah. I mean, if I could tell her anything, I'd be like, Mom, you're impacting this world so much more than you really think or imagine that you are um and then i hope that she can see it because i know sometimes we can hold ourselves to like um unrealistic expectations of well, being like oh am i measuring up or am i falling short and um i would want her to know like hey god is using you um in the midst of like you feeling like you're not being used um and so yeah she's she's a great great woman that's awesome. I learned a lot from her <clears throat> and i continue to
2: it's well, you know it's kind of crazy it's like the faithfulness of your mom taught you is growing exponentially when you think about it because yeah. Yeah. we all get to serve at this young adults ministry called the Porch and Tess. You and I were on this thing called Team Next Steps. What our job is for the people who don't know is after service, people who want to get plugged into church or who have questions, they come up to us. Yeah. And you know, we have people that sit around tables. You know, guys sit with guys, girls sit with girls, and you are an opportunity where you get to minister to a lot of young women that come through the porch for sure and who want to get plugged in and who want to know about God. They come to you. Yeah. Among other people, but. You were, yeah. you act as kind of the gatekeeper for that. Yeah. And so the faithfulness that your mom poured into you, you are now pouring into these women Yeah, probably since you've been at TNS, dozens, if not hundreds of women. And then they are going to turn around and they're going to do the same thing to the women in their lives. Wow. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. And so effect. it's like your mom poured into you and then you poured into hundreds of women. And then those hundreds of women are each going to pour into the people in their lives. And so. The faith, So if Mrs. Tess's mom is listening, uh,
3: Ooh, you know, love you, mom. Your, your Shout da- out, Let's your, da- Kim. your daughter's <laughs> crushing Kim. it, and she's
2: yeah, Miss <laughs> Kim. Yeah. your daughter's crushing it, and the faithfulness that you showed your daughter is now paying you know dividends over and over and over. Yeah, and so yeah. Yeah. Shout out out to Miss Kim.
3: Man, yeah, Yeah. mom, love you. Yeah, yeah. and I appreciate that compliment for me just because ultimately, like, to be able to pour into um, the hearts of young women at the porch um, through our young adults ministry, I mean, it's an incredible blessing just to, like, walk through what they're going through and to remind them of the gospel and to remind them of truth. Um, And that's how, I mean, that's how Christ's ministry just continues to flow. Um, And that's how we continue to make Gospels of the Nations. So um, it's such an incredible opportunity. So I love seeing it that way. And yeah, Mom, you're making an impact. So I will continue to to serve that way. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) I, I think the most incredible gift that my mom gave to me is that she actually had me rooted in the Gospel. Uh, of, yeah. yeah and I think that's just the most in addition to all that other stuff that she did I mean there were moments when I didn't even want to go to church you know there were moments when they wanted to be paid you know as a pianist serving yeah. a church and she was like no that's not gonna happen you're gonna go to church whether you like it or not and then you're gonna utilize your gifts to serve if you don't do that then go find yourself some other place yeah. at that time I thought she was um being very mean and I didn't really understand the significance of it, but then today, you know, looking at myself and you know being away from home and just the values that she instilled in me, you know, I still have them to date, yeah I'm like, wow, that's the best gift ever, and my mother's name is actually Mary,, Mom, mm. yeah, and she taught us so well, she raised us so well. I mean, now you know there comes a time when you look back and you're just very grateful for all that and yeah so i'm very very and also she taught me to serve i've never seen anyone as selfless as my mom you know anyone who serves as you know serves other people as,
3: as as much as she does and
1: so have you guys ever thought about what the world would be like without mothers
3: i feel like even as we were talking i was just like man like god has designed women to serve a very like um integral like purpose in this like life. And so I think that women hold like a role in which we like get to show God's characteristics of kindness and compassion and love and selflessness Mm -hmm. and um, empathy. And just, we get to have a lot of the like emotional aspects of like who God is. Um, And like a world without moms would be, man, I feel like we'd be missing like a huge a huge part of um, just like God's design. I mean, he's perfect in his design. Yeah. And there's a reason why he created Eve as the helper um, to create that role to like start, you know, the the genealogy of like motherhood and fatherhood. And um, yeah, I think I mean, like even as we're talking, I'm just thinking, man, mothers serve such an important role. Um, and you know especially for for both sons and daughters, um, mothers they showcase um, certain qualities that raise up further generations in order for um, God to be more well known. Um, and so they they interact at a very like deep level at a very early age.
1: Just curious, do you look forward to being a mom someday?
3: I do. This is funny because it's like, um, so I'm my aunt four times over. So I have two nieces and two nephews. Um, And every time that I get to spend time with my nieces and my nephews, it's almost just like you feel this like calmness. Like I think like it's it's an innate characteristic that God has wired in us as women. Um, And for me, it's just like I like was holding my niece last night and I was just like, man, like when i'm a mother someday like i am going to have the opportunity to um just interact and um really change uh my daughter or son's like life in the way that they look at the lord and the way that they're raised up um but I think there's just, yeah, I look forward to being a mom someday.
1: <laughs> Ro, do you look forward to being a mom someday? <laughs> <Ro. Yeah. laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was it's, very it's, good. That's hilarious. Thank you very much. So is there anything such as the world without mothers? I mean, we usually talk about Mother Universe and hmm. Mother Earth, you Mother. know, and a lot of people pledge their allegiance, if I may, to
2: such You know, there are two things that are named that are always that are always referred to with feminine pronouns, um, ships and countries. They're always referred to as her. Um, And Mm. I think I think that's so interesting that, you know, a ship, something that keeps people afloat on water, something that holds people together, um, a country, a, a nation that takes groups of people from all over the world, like the United States and holds them together under one flag. Is, that's referred to as a woman. And I think that's so interesting because I think that, I think that moms do that so well that they hold things together. Um, I know my mom does. I mean, when, my, when I was a kid, my mom went out of town. It was pure chaos. I mean, <laughs> my dad is amazing. He's an amazing lawyer. He's great at what he does. But whenever my sister and I were young and my mom went out of town, he was overwhelmed. I remember one time he took us to, he didn't know what to do, like simple things. Like he didn't, you know, my mom always cooked growing up and he didn't really know how to do that. And so one time he took us to Costco for dinner and just got the free samples. Like we acted, and my mom was furious when she got what she figured out about that. She was not happy. <laughs> that's so funny. But, you know, I guess that's kind of a silly example. Oh, but, you know, I know from I know from my mom, she held everything together. And I think that moms are just so good at just holding things together, just being the glue. Oh, for sure. I would keep, totally you
3: know, say the same thing. Yeah. So a um, little backstory was is like my dad worked a lot like um, he was gone a lot for his job and my mom was essentially raising four kids like on her own and like navigated, juggled, took us all to the grocery store, was always making sure food was on the table. Um, and again, very much in like a self-sacrificial kind of like manner. Like she kept everything afloat. She never seemed like she was like ever stressed. I will say my mom was really good <laughs> like, um, just keeping us all safe and happy and yeah. <laughs>
1: Wow. So <clears throat> do you guys think the earth, uh, the
2: world in which we live in is a mother? I mean, I've always, I've always kind of thought that term was, weird. people, when they use the mother earth term, I've always yeah. kind of thought that that was a little odd just because it sounds, I mean, maybe this is just me being weird. But I, it kind of sounds pagan. People say like mother yeah. earth and, you know, it's just. Mother universe. Of course. I mean, I could, I could just be way off, but that's always just been a weird term to me. Yeah. um you know it's kind of i've always just the guy. the bible refers to the earth as god's footstool you know it's his creation and and i i've i don't know i've never thought of the earth as sentient like that mm-hmm. ariana grande oh she's boy awesome. i know yeah. is just, you know, just <laughs> <God>.
1: <laughs> <Ariana>. beyonce <laughs> as well beyonce, <laughs> you know what yeah. Beyonce yeah. she's cool she's from texas she is she's from houston yeah, right from texas, yeah. Wonderful. yeah but <laughs> they all believe god is a woman
3: i mean that's a hot take
1: Yeah, it's a hot take.
3: (laughs) I mean, I'd love to understand why they feel that way. Um, I think that God inhabits feminine characteristics because God is, like, omnipowerful and has all characteristics of both male and female um, because he created us. But ultimately, um, Christ is, like, the direct representation of God, and so therefore, like, God would be more masculine than he would be feminine yeah. and so um i don't believe that god is a woman yeah. um. <laughs> so you, you kind of said something that's
2: interesting you talked about the characteristics of god and i just kind of want to throw a question this is off script but yeah let's say we, we ministered young adults yeah and let's say someone comes up to you they grew up in church they kind of walked away they got tired of it when they went to college they thought mm-hmm. it was much more fun to not live for christ than it was to live for christ yeah and now they've kind of gotten to a point where you know yeah they've made a little bit of money but they struggle with a lot of they struggle with the same things that that they thought that they were gonna get rid of by living in the world They're yeah. still anxious. They still have feelings of depression Yeah, you know, they still struggle with a lot of things and they want to know more about Christ. Who would you say how if someone said who is Jesus? or you just describe God to me? What would you I know? that's a very big question But if someone <laughs> just, said who is Jesus God. like what are some characteristics of Christ that you would
3: loving? Um, compassionate sacrificial and protective, um, a leader, I mean, I could keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I,
1: I think I'd go with the, wow, well, describe Jesus. Yikes, forgiving, <laughs> kind, like everything. Um, <laughs> all
2: the words.
3: All the words.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things, but most importantly for me, a savior, you know, it's just, you know, that moment. In a Marvel movie, when Captain America shows hero. up and then everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. A hero. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, those are all really good answers. Um, yeah. I, I kind of want to get your take on that because we, you know, we study Jesus a lot. And I don't think that often, I think that often we can forget about the characteristics of God and just the character of God um, and just remember that he was a person. You know, he really was walking around in flesh and blood. And that's just so crazy to think about um, in retrospect. Wow.
1: Right. And so just reading through some of the lyrics of oh uh, boy, we're God going, is a woman. Oh. We're going back to God. Oh. Well. Ariana Grande. I was trying to, I was trying to turn the ship. I was really trying to turn the ship. <laughs> we're back, back. <laughs> we're back to this. <clears throat> you, you love it how I move you. You love it how I touch you. Oh By one, when all is said and done, you'll believe God, with a capital G, is a woman. And I, I feel it after midnight, a feeling that you can't fight. My one, it lingers when we are done. We'll believe God is a woman. It's very strange how, you know, it's all about the sensuality of women, you know, and the sexualization of women. Right. And I think uh, I, I find this to be a bit disrespectful. Oh for sure. Extremely disres- disrespectful. Because even
3: as you're reading it, yeah. like what it, it what it's turning to to me is saying that like it's it's very selfish where yeah. it's like it's turning God into like I'm God yeah. and I'm putting myself up on a pedestal so I'm yeah. idol- idolizing myself mm-hmm. um as if like I hold a power as great as God um, which I don't by yeah. any means as a woman or as a man like we will never be um we're not all powerful we are not all knowing. Um, even on our most prideful days, like we are not. Um, And so that, it frustrates me to hear something like that. So I'm just like, no, I'm like trying to, we're trying to knock off idols all the time. And literally people um, are are putting women or men on pedestals in that way. And that's not a place that um, we deserve to be.
1: So what's wrong with such a concept? I mean, Jesus is a son, you know, Jesus Mm -hmm. had a mother, uh, Mary, uh, was it Mary? It was just Mary. Mary, uh, yeah. Mary. And uh, I think all sons and all daughters have mothers. So what's wrong with the concept of God being a mother? I mean, where did Jesus come from? If he didn't have a mother or if God was not a woman?
3: Again, I take that as like, this is a hot take because it's like Mary was Jesus's mother, um, but God was obviously the father. So to me, I'm just like, uh, tune in to Father's Day. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, so to me, I'm like, okay, like, I think, I mean, definitely God inhabits um, strong maternal characteristics, but he has also more strong paternal characteristics. Um, So I don't know. That's my take on it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm reading through Luke 1 right now, um, just the, the story of the angel coming to Mary and saying, you know, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it says, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age, and she, who is said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible, God. And then Mary, after hearing all of that, her one response— is not? Are you kidding me? It's not. How am I going to make this work? <laughs> me. It's not. I'm just trying to get my chores done. Why are you? Why are you dumping all of this on me right now? As I, that's probably how I would react in that situation. Her one response was, "I am the Lord's servant. May it be as may it be to me as you have said." Then the angel left her. Mm-hmm. I think that wow. is that is such a good example of just pure obedience to God, and it's you know it, it's kind of it kind of mirrors what Jesus said 33 years later, where he it's the Friday about an hour before he gets arrested all of his best friends are asleep. He wanted them to stay up with him and pray with him, but they all fell asleep. And so Jesus is sitting there by himself knowing what's about to happen to him, and he's so nervous that the Bible said he's sweating drops of blood. And he's he's on his knees and he's begging God. He says, "Please take this cup of suffering away from me." Meaning, "Please God, spare me. Spare me this torture that's about to happen to me. If there's any other way, let's let's do that rather than this crucifixion." And he says, "But Not my will, but your will be done. And it's kind of this beautiful example of just obedience to God. And, you know, it's not about the pain that I'm going to suffer. It's about your glory. And I think that Mary, you know, Mary as probably a 14 year old shows much more spiritual maturity than I ever have and probably ever will. Um, I, I don't think that I would be as comfortable and as faithful as Mary was in that situation if God came to me and said, hey, you know, and just dumped all that information on me. Wow. I don't know if I would handle it that well. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so where was Mary when Jesus was
2: crucified? She was there with him. Yeah. She was there with him the whole time. Wow. Um, I mean, I can't imagine having a child and then watching that child suffer the most brutal death in human history. But she was there the whole time. Right. Um, and that, that kind of goes back. I mean, this is a Mother's Day episode. And that just kind of goes back to the love of a mother that yeah. she was willing to take on. I mean, if you think about the emotional abuse that is to her, yeah. To watch that happen to her son, right. she was willing to take on that emotional abuse just so that her son wasn't, up, just so she didn't have to abandon her son. Wow. And I think that that is a good example of, of the love that God shows us through these great relationships that he's blessed us with. Wow. You know, we, we've all been blessed with great moms. And I think that that, you know, the love, the, the faithfulness and the love that Mary had for her son is evident in, in the love that our parents have for us. And I think that, yeah. you know, God, it's kind of a good example of how God uses, God uses great parents. God uses great friends, great teachers. You know, these relationships that we have in our lives. Um, he uses all of these relationships to bring Him glory and to demonstrate to us the love that He has for us. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Wow. Yeah. Andrew,
1: who's not here with us today, uh, asked me to share a. a uh, a reading from Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and ha- have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And so, and so Ro, uh, a bit of your story, I mean, you grew up Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember going to a Catholic church growing up. And uh, I mean, for, uh, I went to a Catholic school and so we had to go to Catholic masses, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a bit of the prayers uh i mean as you say the as you recite the rosary where you have to pray to god through holy mary hey hail, hail mary right yeah one of the two and so is that okay or is there anything wrong with that i mean i remember jesus you know mary asking jesus to perform the first miracle mm-hmm. yeah
2: well the the i did grow up catholic and what i was taught is that mary can intercede for us on behalf of jesus and I don't think that that's necessary because what happened as soon as Jesus died when he was on the cross, the veil in the temple split right in half. Yeah. And what that means is in, in ancient Israel, um, God was physically present in the tabernacle and then later in the temple. And there was this the, the place in the—they had the outer court, the inner court, the holy place, and then the holy of holies. That's how the temple was structured. And the holy of holies is physically where God's presence was in the temple and in the, in the tabernacle. And the reason that veil was there is because you didn't have, we couldn't have access to the Holy of Holies because we were unclean. We still had our sin and we we didn't have access to God's presence. And then when Jesus died and he paid the penalty for our sins, now he, he took on our sin for us. And so now we can have access and we can be in the presence of God. And that's why that veil was torn in two because we can now have access to, to God. And I, 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 while I, I get the argument or I, I get the, the reason why people pray to Mary, it's not necessary because we don't need someone to intercede for us because the Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And mm-hmm. when Jesus went to the cross and he, he paid for our sins, part of that is we get to be in the presence of God, which is an yeah. amazing blessing. And so I, I don't think that praying to Mary is necessary and I, I don't do it um, anymore.
3: So, uh, even as you were describing that, I was just like, we have direct connection to the Lord, so and to Christ so it's like, yeah, once the veil was torn, I was like, I don't have to intercede between anyone in order to like be in connection with the Lord. and so me feeling like I need to move through someone is is it does it leans on that workspace like I have to I have to do something in order to like connect to the Lord, but I have direct connection to him so um. Yeah, I'm just like wrestling with that. And even as we're talking about it, I was like, I don't like that. Yeah, one,
2: one thing I've thought about in the past is I think as, as, as 21st century Christians, we can take advantage, take for granted the access that Jesus has bought and paid for us. Yeah, And it's like, can you imagine going back to ancient Israel as a Christian, like hopping, you know, hop in a time machine, mm-hmm. go back to ancient Israel, jump into First Kings, you know, you get to live in that time period. Okay. And then you walk around and tell those guys that, hey, you know, I don't have to go through all these, rituals that you have in leviticus i don't have to wear a cool robe i don't have to be the high priest i can just being i can just talk to god whenever i want yeah can you imagine what they would say to you They'd be <laughs> like, oh my gosh so you must be you must talk to god all the time you, you know you must be in yeah. constant communication it's like no nah, you know i only do it when you know I'm, I'm looking for a job or i really just really just confine that to sunday at 11 a.m you know everything else i just kind of do it i just kind of go at it on my own they yeah. would look at you like you're crazy because
3: they're like, you have access to the Lord wow. all the time. Yeah. And, it's like, <laughs> and you're only using it like once a week.
2: Yeah. They would, look at, they would look at me like I'm crazy. And I think that a lot of times we can take for granted just being in the presence of God. And that is such an amazing gift when you think about it. that You get to talk to the creator of the universe whenever you want. Whenever. Wait, are we worthy enough to step into the presence or to go, be, go into the
1: presence of God?
3: Yes. Short answer, no, but because of Christ, yes. There you go. Right wow. there. That's Woo. all it takes.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't have to I don't have to do cool rituals. I don't have to wear a robe. I don't have to which by the way, fun fact. Not this isn't in the Bible, this is from Jewish tradition, but so you could only walk into the Holy of Holies on one day a year if you were the high priest. I think it was yeah. Yom Kippur, yeah. the day of atonement is when you can walk in. And so what they would do is they would tie ropes around the high priest's ankles and they would attach bells to his clothes. Because the rituals to cleanse yourself were so structured and so strict that if you walked into the holy of holies and you weren't, you didn't do those rituals correctly, you would just die because you you couldn't. I
3: feel like I've heard that. You couldn't. So (laughs) what they would do,
2: and so you, if you're not the high priest, you can't be in there. So if the high priest dies, you got to go, you got to go in there and get him out, but you can't do that because then you would also die. So what they would do is they would tie ropes around his ankles and they would put bells on his clothing. So if the bells stopped ringing and they heard a thud. You know, he died. Wow. <laughs> Pull him out. Wow. <laughs> He's gone. I, just, I, th- I thought that was so funny when That's I heard crazy. that. Yeah. Well, but because of Jesus, because of the sacrifice that he made for us, he makes us worthy. And he right. He paid that price for us. Could right. you tell us more about that sacrifice? Yeah. Um, imagine, I have y'all ever been to the Grand Canyon?
3: No. Yes.
2: You have been? The, okay, so it's pretty big, right? It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I've always wanted to go. Do you think that you could long jump across that Grand Canyon? <laughs> I could try,
0: <laughs> but, so, but.
2: Yeah, I'd never,
1: I, I mean, I'd never be successful at it.
2: You're not jumping across that thing. Yeah. Um, you're not doing <laughs> it. Yeah. And so, you know, if I took you and on your left, I put someone in a wheelchair and then on your right, I put LeBron James. So least athletic, you most athletic. And then I told all of you to try and jump across the Grand Canyon. Well, chances are LeBron would probably jump out a lot further than you, but it doesn't matter because none of you would even come close. Yeah. And that's what it's like trying to live a perfect sinless life because um in romans six twenty three it says for the wages of sin is death comma but the free gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord yeah Now, everything that happens before the comma is that's pretty tough to hear because for right. the wages of sin is death what that means is <laughs> so, yeah there's no exceptions it doesn't matter yeah, if you've told right. one lie or if you're a serial killer both of those deserve eternal separation from god and right. it's not a physical death it doesn't mean that if i drop an f-bomb in traffic on the way home I'm going to get struck by lightning, a la Zeus, not going to happen. Yeah. It means that I deserve an eternity separated from God. Yeah. I don't deserve to be in God's presence. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I deserve to go to hell and be eternally separated from God because of my sin nature. Yeah, And so that's what, and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it because through my sin nature, I deserve, I deserve hell. I do not deserve to be in the presence of God. That's what the wages of sin is death means. Right. And it even says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. So none of us have a chance. Yeah. And so the first part of Romans 6.23 is really depressing because we all deserve hell and there's nothing we can do about it. However, everything after the comma is the greatest news that has ever been told because it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus right. Christ our Lord. Meaning there's nothing we could ever do to earn or deserve that gift. It's something that's freely given to us. Right. Because, you know, if we could earn or we could work for that gift, it's no longer a gift. It now becomes a transaction. Truth. And so God has given us that free gift. And so basically we're in this position well, we're standing on one side of the Grand Canyon in our sin, in our shame, in our brokenness in this fallen, messed up world. And then on the other side of the Grand Canyon is God's presence. And we on our own have absolutely no way of getting across because we can't jump that far. Yeah. But Jesus, in his mercy, he came down, he paid the penalty that we deserve to pay. Yeah. He went to the cross and he suffered the worst death, worst death in human history for us so that we could have the choice to spend eternity with him. He allowed God's wrath to be poured out on him, a perfect sacrifice someone who did not sin and did not deserve that death. He allowed God's wrath to be poured out on him so that it didn't have to be poured out on us. And so we don't have to long jump across the Grand Canyon because when Jesus went to the cross, he built a bridge. And all we have to do is walk across that bridge. All we have to do is accept that free gift and walk across that bridge. Yeah, And that's it. And in a weird way, for some people like myself who love, you know, I'm, I'm very performance-based because I grew up playing sports. Yeah. In a weird way, if, if God said in the Bible, you know, I want you to bear bear crawl, to To Houston on broken glass, and then you can, and then, and then that's <laughs> yeah. how you get to heaven. In a weird uh, way, before I knew Christ, that probably uh, in a weird way that would have been more comforting than, hey, you have to accept Christ because that's at least something that's concrete and tangible that I can do. Right. But God's saying, no, you don't have to bear crawl on broken glass to Houston mm-hmm. to earn right. salvation. I've already given it to you. Yeah. All you have to do is accept All that you have to free do gift. Is it. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Which is so different than I think the way that we interact in this world a lot of times as we act. We have to do things for other people to, like, earn their love and earn, like, f- like a life with them or, like, whatever. And and ultimately, like, that's not the way that it is in, when you're in relationship with the Lord. Um, and it's like Christ offers me that, and all I have to do is receive it. And there's nothing that I can, like, can do to, like, make him, like, love me less or, like, not want to provide that freedom and provide that love, that everlasting love for me. Like, just... I mean when we think about like how deep that love is that like the creator of the entire universe decided hey I'm going to come on I'm going to come down I'm going to put on flesh and I'm going to like go to the cross and die for your sins and you're never going to have to like worry about like any of your sin ever again like all you have to do is continue to trust that like I have paid the sacrifice for you to spend eternity in heaven with me like that's just like the weight of that I'm just like what
2: and it's even <laughs> crazier when you think that while we, it's Romans 5, 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. As in, you know, it's not like we got our act together and he just, okay, you know, they're cursing a lot less. They're killing each other less frequently. I'm gonna go die for them now. Yeah. No. He went down at our worst. Yeah. And he, he saw the hot mess that we were in. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna go rescue these guys. He, he didn't, there's no precondition. I hear a lot of people that, you know, when I invite people to church or invite people to the porch, one guy actually told me, he said, you know, I really got to get my stuff in order before I come. I'm like, dude, you if you had cancer, would you look at a doctor in the face and say, I'm gonna get rid of this cancer before I come visit you? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how ridiculous <laughs> right. that would be? Wow. That's
3: that's good. That's a good analogy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's
2: like you, you, the, the idea that we can first of all, the idea that we can even get our act together on our own is hilarious in and of itself. Right. But then the idea that we're gonna we're gonna try and fix ourselves before we come to Christ, it's like, no. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He chose us at our worst point. And you know that kind of love is never something that I could ever justify by putting into words. I can't explain that, and I wish I could, but I can't because yeah. it's so unbelievably amazing that no human could ever comprehend that type of love. You know, the Bible talks about that—that that being the perfect illustration of you know what true love
1: is. That in as much yeah. as our mothers love us so much, that there will never be out of the kind of love as illustrated by Christ. That He came down and He died. Uh, having, lived a, uh, having lived a totally sinless life, but then he
2: desired to go on the cross against his will. And I guess I want to make one more point is that, you know, whenever we share the, that's, whatever, what we just talked about, when we talked about Christ dying for our sins, you know, we often refer to that as the gospel because the word gospel means good news. And the good news is that our sins are paid for and we can spend eternity with God despite yeah. That's the good news. That's what sharing the gospel means. And so we often share the gospel with people, you know, people that, that maybe have never heard that before. And and we tell them, um, because that's what we're called to do in scripture is make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And I think that oftentimes we kind of miss on, on the practicality of that, because that sounds very, that can sound very churchy, you know, just, oh, just accept Christ. And so I kind of want to be specific in in what I mean when accepting Christ. And I think a better term for it is accepting the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because when Christ left, God sent the Holy Spirit as an advocate in his place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever we accept the Holy spirit or whenever we give our life to, to the Lord, we accept the Holy spirit in that, you know, I want to be led by God. I want to be led by his word. I want him to convict me of sin. I want to do things the way that he wants me to do. And so whenever we say that, you know, you can accept the free gift of salvation. What that means is accepting that Jesus died for you, accepting that you are not good enough to get to heaven on your own. There's nothing you could ever do to earn it. And that you are saved purely because of your faith in Jesus. And what your faith in Jesus means is that you are walking daily with him and you are making decisions on a daily basis based on how he wants you to live and how his word tells us to live. Does that kind of clarify a little bit? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: All right, good people, that was it. Accept Christ into your hearts. He's waiting for you. He's always been waiting for you. Uh, Lots of years, uh, thousands of years ago he went on the cross to save you like you matter that much and yeah. whether you feel the love of your mom with, whether your mom is around whether your mom is or, or maybe if your mom is not around then we just want to tell you that christ loves you so much and his love more than you know what more than what you'll ever comprehend and so just make the decision to accept him into your heart accept the holy spirit and just follow christ he's waiting for you he cares for you and that was it thank you good people until next time enjoy the rest of your day adios muchachos
0: bye
3: bye
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this episode we hope you were encouraged and inspired to turn to the only one who can and will satisfy you. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them out. Feel free to reach us on any social media platform at Shine and Delight. You can also shoot us an email at shineanddelight@outlook.com. at outlook.com. Until next time, be kind, love all, share your shine.